Welcome back, besties. So I just threw Kelsey another curveball. Yeah. I think that the more aware I become of this topic, the more I notice it everywhere. And so I wanted to talk about gender roles between you and I before we bring in anyone that might be an expert on this topic. Okay, gender roles. Yeah. You know, like gender roles in multiple ways. So gender roles in terms of relationships, uh, romantic relationships, in terms of like family dynamics, also with friendships or children. And I guess whenever I thought about the topic, I was actually thinking about my son. (laughs) But I don't really want to start there, though. Now I'm kind of thinking back to some of the, the fears that I had associated with you. Like when we first started talking to one another and it felt like it was heading in a direction that was more than friends. Hi, I'm Casey and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here? Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can have real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear fun and insightful interviews with experts who can point you toward self-discovery and fulfillment. I think a lot of people, especially with, I don't know, the correct terms of the kind of relationship, but a non-heteronormative relationship. People get really like, well, who wears the pants in the relationship? Um, like literally, who wears pants and who wears? Yeah. who Who's the male in the relationship? We get that a lot. And Casey and I have had plenty of conversations surrounding our assumptions about one another, as well as like, that's not exactly how that works. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, you know, because I can get in my own head and... I was thinking about crazy stuff, you know, because like, okay, I'll give you an example. Yeah, I was just going to say, give me some examples. Every relationship that I've ever been in prior to you, there's just certain standards, you know, that I have when it comes to what I expect someone to do. Yeah. I mean, they might be a total dimwit in a lot of ways, but I expect my door to be opened. Yeah. I expect my dinner to be paid for. (laughs) You know, now, like now I'm sitting here thinking, Oh my gosh, is that like sexist? And is that ridiculous? I don't know. I don't know that it is. I think it's just a Why don't you open my car door? Hell no. (laughs) No. I think everyone has a right to have different expectations for what they want. And it's not necessarily gender-based, but it's just, this is what I want. Because I was thinking, oh my gosh, like if we go eat, like, am I supposed to pay? Is she supposed to pay? Does she open my door? Like all the things that a man, woman type of date, like that you think about, those were things that really freaked me out because I didn't know what to expect. Or how that was going to work. Yeah. And you would just get super nervous. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it, it, like, you could tell that you weren't normally that person that just took on that more of a masculine role in those ways. At least I didn't think that. I think it's dependent on the type of relationship. Well, you definitely weren't like that with me. No, I, I had to like completely flip my idea of what, what role I wanted to play. Well, tell me about it. 
Well, first, I want to start by saying that I think a lot of times we have these gender norms or these gender roles, and it tends to stick people in boxes. And sometimes I have stuck myself in boxes. Mm -hmm. And because I present as a more masculine female, people would look at me or assume, and I've been in relationships where people have assumed that I should take on the more manly duties, like taking out the trash, doing yard work, putting together things pay the bills. And, you know, that's not necessarily gender roles, but I think sometimes when we think of like a traditional family. I mean, it's like stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. Stereotypes. And so I think that there have been times where I've stuck myself in a box and I've closed myself off to many possibilities, even through parenting. I could have easily carried a child, but I chose not to. So I guess to answer your question, I mean, to like being the one that pays for things. Like when we go out to dinner, pay for dinner. I'm definitely not used to doing dishes or laundry, and I have learned how to do that. And I've always known, but like take the initiative on that. I don't know. Like I like to be the little spoon, you know, I I prefer it. I don't want to be the big spoon. I I looked at you last night and I said, you know, I should have just stayed a baby because I like to be babied. And I think a lot of times people look at me and you've told me this before that you thought I was going to be a little bit more tougher than I actually am. Like more physically tough. or just like not so sensitive. Yeah. Well, so when you got to know me a little bit more, you said that you kind of had to change your norm. So like, how did I show up in our relationship that was different than what you were used to? I mean, you have a little bit of masculine spin on you. I think you tell me I was the most masculine person <laughs> you've ever. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, I think you like to take care of me. That kind of sounds weird. But I think that there's pieces of you that really likes to make sure that I have a coffee in the morning and, and, and doing all of these things. And you like to shower me with gifts sometimes. And I'm not used to those things because that was always the role that I kind of took on. What else? Let's see. Financially, your brain works. My brain has always kind of worked in like the numbers category as far as like bills and finances, but yours surpasses mine. So I just take the back seat in that area because you, it's just your brain. It works at a higher magnitude than mine in that area. Well, and it's funny because in ways that I've always been driving the bus in the past, I now take a back seat. Are you tired of running to the lobby to see if your next appointment has arrived? Would you like a more discreet, stress-free way for your clients to check in? Take a deep breath. The receptionist for iPad empowers your practice to create a zen-like check-in experience. This episode is sponsored by the receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy and behavioral health offices used by thousands of practitioners across the country. The Receptionist for iPad is a simple, inexpensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash besties and when you do you'll also get your first month free when you sign up decorating the house oh my god 
every ex that I have ever shared any kind of home dwelling with, I just want to apologize. I'm so sorry <laughs> because now I know what it feels like. And I just want to sincerely apologize to you. But you don't like anything. Like you, everything that I try to decorate, you don't like it. And so I I'm just, just honest. Yeah, that's fine. I don't really care. But so I just don't really try. I'm just like, whatever, whatever you want. I'll take you to TJ Maxx. You pick it out. That's fine. You know, <laughs> like bef- I had to kind of care about that before because nobody else was going to. Yeah. And so I don't know that that's one thing. Yeah, that was a especially since we've lived in our new house. That was something that I it was interesting because I've never really. I've taken like a partial full seat in that area before, but never like you gave me free reign at one point in time. You're, you're like, let's go decorate for fall. I can give you a Christmas budget. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Whatever you want. I really don't care. I mean, that's different for me. And I don't know. I think it was really hard for me in the beginning because I'm such a visual person. And I was thinking about this uh, this morning while I was working. It seems ridiculous. You know, my the second book that I wrote hasn't even launched yet. But this morning was the first day I sat down and started writing the third. And I'm sitting there brainstorming. And I go really slow until I can see it. Yeah. Once I can see it in my head, it's like off to the races, man. Like yeah. uh, full speed ahead. And so for a long time with us, I couldn't see it. Like I, I could, I, I was, I would like catch a glimpse sometime and sometimes in the mirror of the two of us. And I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. You know, like, am, am I feminine enough for you? Like, does it balance? Does it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't even have to be like that. Oh, I know. I know that now, but you know, for me, never being in a relationship with someone of the same gender. Yeah. And because all I'd ever known were those gender stereotypes of like you have one masculine and you have one feminine and that's the only way it goes. It was difficult for me. And I think I was kind of the opposite of that. I had a difficult time in the act of certain things. Like, do you remember? I'm like, look, I'm not really used to this. Like, I'm not used to somebody helping me out in this capacity or I'm not used to, you know, not knowing Like, just an example, I don't even know when our bills come out of our account. No, you have no clue. And before I knew, like, clockwork. And so that's just an example. Like, typically I'm more organized in that way. But I haven't, I I don't have to be. And so I have energy for other things, like house decorating. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you said that, or you've told me that I've been the most masculine person that you've ever been with. That was kind of funny for me to hear in the beginning. Because I'm like, wait, what? You know, I never thought about myself in that way. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, I wasn't trying to say it in a derogatory way. I was more saying it like, you just have these qualities about you that are more, I don't know, like dominant and assertive. assertive, And like, I'm going to do things and I'm going to do it this way. Don't you think it's kind of sad, though, that 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 is what gets associated with? Yeah. And I think we're all guilty of it. I kind of want to switch gears just a second and kind of talk about how there have been certain friends that have placed me in these boxes about, you know, if you dress, if you're a female and you dress masculine, 
there are these expectations. Well, in my friend groups, there have been expectations of what that should look like. And there's been times where people are like, I mean, you look like a boy and you wear makeup, right? Or your shorts are a little too tight for you to dress like a boy or, you know, just like different things that I think really like, like, why? Why can't we be whoever the hell we want to be? Well, doesn't that sound familiar? Because I'm pretty sure that I preached and preached and preached at you for a long time. I remember you telling me once I was, um, this was a long time ago, and I was like messing with your hair. I was like, oh, your hair is so pretty. Why don't you curl it? And you're like, well, because nobody would want to be with me. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, what? Like how? Because for me, I really don't care if you wear dresses and I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I don't know why. I don't know what that means or what that is or, or whatever. I, I mean, how you dress doesn't impact the way that I look at you at all. Well, I think it goes back to a little tea that I had in my life and somebody was basically like, there was, when I was younger, I was very girly. And then when I was about 18 or 19, somebody literally told me they could not be with me because I was too girly. Yeah. And so in my head, I was like, okay, well, you can't be with me. So I'm going to go to the far depths that I've never even tried, which was become more masculine. And I kind of, that's kind of really psychotic, but I had to like shift that perspective. And at the time, I that's not what I was doing. But, you know, now, 10 years later, I have some perspective as to why I became more masculine and went so headstrong. But then parts of myself kept seeping through like... I want to wear boy shorts and cross my legs because why can't I? Mm -hmm. I want to dress like a boy, but I want to wear makeup, stuff like that. Well, but now do you feel like you've kind of settled into who you are and is like the way you look? Do you feel like that that's. Yeah, quite frankly, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks of me. Well, I know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, is it, does it feel right? Does it match inside and outside? Like, yeah, I feel like it's. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to curl my hair, but I think that has something completely different to do with it. But yeah, I think just being who, whoever I want to be. And, you know, if one day I want to, I mean, wear bo- girl pants. I've done that. But recently. you have wore girl, yeah. girl pants. Um, I tricked you. Yeah, I like liked it. them. I love the tummy control. Mm-hmm. It's like the best thing ever. But yeah, I think, I don't know. Society just puts a lot of gender roles on us and. Throughout the years, I think we have made assumptions about ourselves and then learned quickly that, I mean, you, you talk a little bit about like your first marriage compared to your second marriage and like the different (laughs) role you played there, because I think that's intriguing. Yeah, it was completely opposite, really. I mean, in the first relationship, it was, I mean, I was young too, like 19. So I think that also had something to do with it, but the biggest takeaway out from that was not necessarily the relationship itself, but the end of that relationship and how because of the gender stereotypes and, and the gender roles that we had where he primarily took care of the finances, paid all of the bills, helped me get out of debt, you know, like he did a lot of good things to help me because I was coming from a totally different place. Like he had one of those really smart parents that I hope that we become (laughs) one day that like added him to their credit card, even though they didn't give him a credit card in high school just to build his credit. 
So, you know, he went into it like really smart and I felt very safe and secure in that. And I, I imagine that is similar maybe to how you feel now. Yeah. It's just not something that I ever had to worry about. But I also knew that like when we got divorced, it was something that we hadn't talked about. Like, what are we going to do if if this ends and how are we going to divide this up and whatever? And so I felt super vulnerable and um, like I was, I really, I mean, there were times where I didn't, I didn't have money to, to eat. Like we would had my daughter and we would walk to the grocery because I didn't even have gas and get, you know, canned soup or ramen noodles or whatever. And I just remember getting to the point where I was so low, where I was taking those cash, you know, those like $500 cash advances. Yeah. And like borrowing from my family and paying my family interest on the money that they had loaned me. And then finally, you know, my car getting repossessed because and believe it or not, it wasn't even because I couldn't pay for the car. It was because the car was tore up and I tried to fix it for almost a year and nothing we did ever fixed it. Like it was just a lemon basically. And I couldn't afford it. So I had to file bankruptcy and you know what that does to you. I mean, gosh, that was just like the last straw for me. Yeah. And so I just remember like telling myself, I will never get myself in this situation again. <laughs> like I will never, ever, because I didn't even know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know our accounts. Like I didn't know nothing. And so the, then the second relationship, he just, he just wasn't interested and didn't really care and also wasn't good at managing money at all. And so I just handled it. Yeah. And do I want to do that? No. I would much rather you do it. I I would much rather be completely oblivious. You don't even have to tell me. Just, <laughs> you know, I don't care. But it definitely changed. Also, I think part of my personality changed around that same time because yeah. I had hit such rock bottom that I knew that I had to toughen up. Yeah. Like, I remember getting bank statements and I was so afraid to open the envelope it was just avoidance. Like I wouldn't even open it because I knew it was going to be in the negative or like, you know, I got really good at knowing if I was going to overdraw, I was going to do it all at once. So I would like knock all the bills out all at once. So I wouldn't get hit with like multiple, multiple, multiple. It was just like that one. Okay. You're th- here's your $30 overdraft. Yeah. But it just really messed with me. And I, I thought I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I had to toughen up in that way. I had to really face my fears. And so that's kind of how that yeah, happened. That flip. This isn't something I enjoy. I, I don't enjoy taking care of the financial stuff. I can, clearly. Yeah, but I also, okay, before I used to be completely in charge of like money, finances, when bills come out, all the things. And now I still am responsible, but just in a different kind of way. What do you mean? I still have to, you know, it's not like I'm completely, you know, I don't leave my car insurance up to you or my school. Right. Like you take care of your stuff. Yeah. I take care Mm -hmm. of my, yeah. I just keep on saying shit, but I take care of the stuff. Yeah. Okay. And so I think it's interesting. And I think my kids, yours probably not so much because, I mean, maybe because she's getting older, but my kids are now starting to make connections with gender stereotypes and different things, which I think has been really interesting. And it's 
shed even more light on how often it happens in society Mm -hmm. and especially in rural communities or in Christian schools, you know, yeah, it happens a lot. And so one thing my brother was over at my house, it's, it was probably what, like a couple months ago and Oakland had a scooter. I'm trying to remember if it was her scooter. I think it was Oakland scooter. I don't know. It was pink. Yeah, and Thayer was riding it. Yeah, and so my son was riding the scooter, and my, oh, he was pressure washing, Mm -hmm. is what it was. So he was over at the house pressure washing, and my son just kind of like, is it scoops? Like, scoops up to rides up to him, and my brother, and didn't even think a thing about it. He was just like, hey, buddy, you know, where'd you get that scooter? And he was like, well, don't you, don't you need a blue scooter? And my son was like, no, I want a pink scooter. And they were arguing because uh, my son's favorite color is pink. And so my brother kept saying, well, what about yellow? And he was like, no, I want this one. And um, they just kept going back and forth. And my brother's just shaking his head. And I'm sitting there thinking, who cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because there's just all girls in the house. or I, I I think it's generational, too. Yeah. A lot of things. Probably. My mom used to dress me in like baby blue. Like you can see baby pictures of me. And I'm like, mom, were you trying to pretend you had a boy or something? Because like she dressed me in baby blue <laughs> outfits all the and not girly outfits. Like they were boys. They're yeah. probably my brothers now that I think about it. Yeah, there you go. Hand yeah. Me but yeah, like things like that. Or, you know, when the girls will go get their nails done, my son will say, I want my nails done. Mm-hmm. And you know, what do you do? I'm sitting there thinking, well, you you go to a very conservative Christian school, but I'm not going to tell you no, because why does it matter? Yeah. Things like that. I just, I just notice more and more. Yeah. I I do notice that a lot, especially with Thayer, because he, he just does not care. And that's, that's the best way to be like, neither, and neither was saying something about Spider-Man dress the other day. Oh, yeah. He'd wear a dress every day if you'd let him. He loves it. He wants his ears pierced. That's his next thing. You would. Oh, yeah. So that's probably where I'll have to draw the line. Not because it's girly, but I just don't. I just don't like it. I can't. Can you see him? He let like dangly <laughs> diamond earrings. I could just see him. But yeah, I think my daughter, she does have some things that I'm trying to break her from. Like she doesn't want to play with boys at school because she thinks they're all mean. And then I tried to explain to her that Thayer's a boy. And she's like, yeah, but I live with him. Yeah, it's different. Another thing, too, it, I don't know that this is so much gender stereotyping, but one of the rules at my daughter's school is no sandals. You can't wear open-toed shoes. Mm-hmm. And my daughter is about to turn nine. During orientation, they're announcing that in front of all 600-plus people. And she looks at me and she was like, Mom, what? She did not understand. Yeah. And they were talking about modesty. And she was like, what does your feet have to do with being modest? I'm like, honey, it's just, it's just something. It's something that's all an old tradition, an old belief that they have just carried through and trying to explain to her, you know, why the girls can't do that was a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. And the wearing of skirts. She has a difficult time with that as well. Yeah. Not on a day-to-day, but a free dress day. She's like, give me some sweatpants. Unless she's asking for her go-go boots. Oh, yeah. Which she wants me to buy her, but I I won't do it. I don't know. I mean, I kind of just want to circle back to the gender roles in the relationships because, I don't know, I wonder how many people out there 
are unsatisfied with something in their relationship that is connected to a gender stereotype, but they haven't had a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, it has nothing to do with gender stereotypes to me with you. Like, there's a lot of things you're right that I do that is probably more on the masculine side stereotypically. But for me, it's like, I'm, I just will not do the dishes. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I that I mean, I would if I had to, but that is like. Where you draw the line. Yeah. Like, the, I'll do whatever else. I'll, you know, whatever. But I think we had to have a lot of conversations about what are you going to do and what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And so, like, as far as combating gender stereotypes, I, th- I think oh, a few things that, I mean, you may have a better idea than me. Or a different idea than me. I think, especially if we're raising children, we just have to really be aware of the things that we say and the way in which we use some of our words. And if we notice a gender stereotype with our children present, I think we have to point it out. Yeah. And we have to talk about it and we have to explain what that is. Just like when my brother was talking about my son should have a blue scooter. I, I mean, you know me, I, I looked at my brother and my son at the same time and I'm like, buddy, you can have whatever, whatever color scooter you want. Right. Yeah. And so using that as a teaching moment, I guess, or just a moment to share that that doesn't matter anymore is really important. Yeah. That's a big one. And then too, I think we have to take a stand ourselves. So like we have to be really careful about not falling into the, well, what are they going to think about me if trap? We recently went to um, a fundraiser for women that benefits the American Cancer Society. And (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was, I fell into this trap a little bit. I really wanted to just wear, it was a prom theme and, and I really just wanted to wear like a suit. You should have. But I felt like, well, what's Kelsey? Is Kelsey going to feel weird? Me being dressed like that? Because, you know, sometimes I just don't want to dress girly. I don't consider myself girly. Mm. I don't. I just, I don't. I don't know. I don't, but whatever. And I think we just have to look at, look for things that happen within ourselves and just pay attention to it. I think too, creating some awareness about patterns, like generational patterns. Because I think a lot of people that I've talked to sometimes about gender roles and gender norms and all the things, they think that just because I've had this happen before, just because let's say mom and dad both worked, that there was no gender roles. But it's so much more than that. Like I'll ask the question, what role did your mom take and what role did your dad take on in your household? And what did that mean for you? A lot of people don't have the awareness around that. They get they get trapped in and they're like, there was no gender roles in my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but did mom primarily clean and dad sat and played video games? Well, and everyone, when this first releases, it's back to school time. And I just keep thinking about how, okay, if you're in a, a heterosexual relationship with a mom and a dad and you have to fill out all those bajillion forms, <laughs> who does that teacher contact when the forms don't get filled out? It's the mom, you know, like, because Typically, mom fills out the form. If you're in a relationship with two moms, who gets the phone call? Usually the mom that looks more like the girly, the one. girly, the girly one. 
it's just kind of funny to me that all the little where it is so hidden within mm-hmm. our society. And I think that sometimes we are making these gender stereotypes and aren't even realizing we're doing it. Well, well, my daughter has two moms and my daughter's other mom never gets questioned if she's her parent or guardian, but I always get questioned. Mm-hmm. I, I'll go to doctor's offices that she's been at since she was a baby and they'll be like, um, we need to see your guardianship papers. I'm like, I have a birth certificate. <laughs> I get really tore up about that because I'm like, I mean, the kid looks just like me, <laughs> but if it was a mom and a dad, they wouldn't even question it. I've never even if question, even if the dad wasn't on the birth certificate, Mm-mm. they wouldn't even question it. Not even blink. No, I agree. I, I told you that would, that would get me riled up too. I mean, I've never been questioned not once ever in my life. We should really have Nate on here and start talking about some gender roles because I feel like he would be a great person to talk gender roles with. We didn't even touch base on like how men feel like they can't feel their feelings. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's a whole nother, but But they have to be tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really it's just really unfortunate in a lot of ways Uh, here recently as we've been going through this house, whatever you want to call it. Notice how many times that we have sat before someone. Now, keep in mind, like if they if they already have a relationship with me, that's that's probably going to be a little bit different. But. How many times have we sat in front of someone and they've looked at you, the majority of, and and spoke directly to you? I know. And I'm thinking, why are you looking at me? (laughs) You know? It's just perception. Yeah, it is perception, which is kind of shocking in a lot of ways, because I don't feel like I give off the vibes of like, I'm the one wearing the pants and in charge. You don't. When like if you if if you were sitting in a meeting with me and we're talking to architects or contractors or whatever. If I'm opening my mouth, I'm going to be the one that is more assertive. I'm more direct, I'm more, you know. It, I mean, it takes a lot. There's but, been one meeting where I've been super like, nope, that ain't going to do. But it doesn't matter because there it's just, it's just that visual. Mm-hmm. Who, who looks like the man in calling this. the shots person? Yeah. Well, well, what does your husband think about this? Or, you know, like the time where we were, we were. Oh God, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> When, oh, I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I think so. When we were networking with someone at a conference in like a marketing space and, you know, they were talking to me about, oh, like, what do you, what's your business? And like, oh, and I, I think one of them was like, and what kind of car, somehow like, what kind of car did, do you drive came up or something like that? I don't know. And he looked at me and said, and what does your husband do? <laughs> and I just... I giggled. I mean, I thought, oh, this is a great question. I said, well, I actually don't. What husband? I don't have one, but thank you. (laughs) And then I was like, but meet Kelsey. (laughs) Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't hold grudges or anything against. I think it's just really funny. But people do that a lot. Like they make assumptions. They relate financial success with a husband. Mm-hmm. that's happened to you on so many accounts. Like, well, what does your husband do that uh-huh. your business can be the success? Or what does your husband think? Yeah. Oh. What does your husband think of that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> don't have one. And, and I do think that husbands can play the opposite role, you know, mm-hmm. like they can, they can totally play. And a lot of my female entrepreneur friends and colleagues have husbands that take on a more supportive like a homemaker right yeah you know and that's and that's perfectly fine i try to get you to do that all the time just (laughs) no (laughs) ain't for me 
Uh, I give it to stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home parents. Me too. Mm-mm. It ain't for me. No, by Saturday, I'm thinking, okay, one more day. <laughs> one more day. But I think roles can be for anyone, right? Like mm-hmm. the father, I, I know plenty of fathers who take on that role and they're they're better at it than probably the mother would ever be. Well, it, it's whatever works for your family. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was in a relationship where I didn't have to take on the primary, that sounds bad, not the primary caregiver, but you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't the one that was running them to school or picking them up from practice all the time because I was working. It was different. And I think that I started to believe that that wasn't my role Mm -hmm. and I slipped into a box like what you were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier. I, I slipped myself into this box Thinking that, because remember that time, I know, I know you're already laughing Mm because you know what I'm going to say, but after my divorce, during the divorce, like. Just imagine Casey crying and like freaking out, like, what am I going to do? Well, yeah, that's how I felt. Because I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I have three kids and I have to keep all of them alive and. In a business success. I have to do everything. Multiple businesses successful. Yeah, by myself. And, And it is just me. And I really started to freak out. And I think the reason that I started to freak out was because for so long, I had been in that box of that's that's not what I do. And I, so I can't. And I didn't have the tools to do it at first. And then I come in and was like, all right, what are the kids' school schedules? How are we going to get them from point A to point B? Yeah. Who can we have as a support we went on and on. I mean, that was like a pretty intense two-hour conversation of how how is this going to work? Yeah, and it took a lot of practice. And I think that my tolerance for the chaos, and this is also why I think dads have have kind of developed themselves in a positive way with being like the parental figure, the stay-at-home parent. If they are dads that are just super easygoing, mm-hmm. like I, you have some friends that I'm thinking of that have a dad that is like that super, super. E- like Nicole, and then there's a couple others, but you know, like that's not me. <laughs> like I have to compare myself to like Josh and I'm like, how in the world is he? Yeah. But I've gotten so much better and I can, I can tolerate so much more chaos now than I used to. And I think it's because I had to come out of that box and I had to start to see myself as, okay, this, I'm not this person that fits in like this checklist. Mm-hmm. I'm just very adaptable and I can do whatever I need to do. I well, can I th- be whoever I need to be. I can look however I want to look. If I want to cut my hair off, I'll cut my hair off. And I think you've learned a lot about yourself, specifically talking about like the children, like you can do it. You don't need anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to have people in support, but you don't, you don't need anyone. And I think it makes you feel better about yourself too, when you take yourself out of that role. And you know, you can do it. Mm -hmm. There's no limitations to it. Right. It makes you, it almost makes you just feel so empowered. Mm -hmm. Help is nice. But if the help never comes, then we'll figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) We got on it today. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You about got me going down a, a good one. Do you want to go down the good? No. Okay. I know. I'll spare. I'll spare everyone. I think that it's time to let go of a lot of the gender stereotypes and our and be, biases. And be mindful when they're showing up. Exactly. And teach our children, which I think our children are probably 
less gender stereotyping, typical, whatever the word is, than us, probably. But it's just something that we're just going to have to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening, besties. See you next time. If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast so we can keep making great content. Talk to you later, besties.